0: Today, we're having a discussion about some current events. Hi, I'm Jessica Belant, a physical therapist and Pilates teacher, and I want to bring science-based knowledge, empathy, courage, support, love, and hopefully some fun to the journeys we have with our bodies. There is hope and strength in your body, and my goal is to help you find it. Hi, and welcome back to Meet Your Body. As always, I'm so Happy and honored to have you here today. I am sitting here. I don't have my coffee in front of me. I already finished it, um, which is sad. (laughs) I want another one. I probably say that every time. You guys have heard me say this. I actually, every time I finish my morning coffee, I want more and I never make more because I know I won't enjoy and appreciate it ever. Like, there are times I have my morning coffee and then. You know, something will happen where I have a coffee date with a friend or um, go out to breakfast with my family, like a late brunch, which we don't do much, but occasionally. And so I'll say, Oh, I'll order a coffee. And I never like that second one. Like it's just too much. It's too much for me. And then I don't appreciate it. So I never have more than my eight ounces in the morning, but I do love it so much. Um, so today we're doing something a little bit different. And I would love for you to hang out and listen and um bear with me on this i okay where to start in the past two days there has been a ruling in alabama around ivf and i'm going to get into the details but we're going to talk about that today. And I really have never done current events. I am not your news source. I don't want to be your news source. That is not what I do. What I do is I'm a physical therapist. I'm a movement educator. I try to empower you and other people in their bodies how to listen to your body, how to move in your body, how to feel safe in your body, how to make decisions for yourself within your body and for your body. I also have a bigger goal to be a women's health advocate, to help educate women's health issues and issues with our bodies in general, also even a bigger umbrella around that is to help us realize that we are not alone in the world and also we need each other we need each other in various ways we need to be cheerleaders for each other we need to help each other and live in community as much as we can I think a part of that is having conversations and being educated. And sometimes that is hard. And I know for myself, especially the past few years with the world feeling like it's getting harder and harder, I want to retreat. I want to not look at news, which believe me, I advocate for that sometimes. Okay. So if this is not a place for you to be today, I understand. Sometimes I absolutely advocate for turning your phone and the news off. Also, there's a piece that is important to be aware of what's happening in the world and how it affects our neighbors, how it might affect even us, so that we can be more compassionate for the other people in our lives. So coming back to what's happening right now and why I'm going to talk about it, a few reasons. One is what I just said. I am a physical therapist. I am a women's health advocate. So when these kind of issues come up that might affect those. I feel professionally bound to discuss them if I feel like it might help create a space that others feel safe and welcome, okay? That is just professional and personal for me. I don't want to shy away from every topic out there so that people are left wondering, does she know what's going on? How does this affect me? Is this a safe place for me? Okay. So we're going to talk about some of these things. That's one piece. Another piece is, again, it's very important to me that people feel like this is a safe place for them. And right now I want every single family and woman in Alabama, everyone who is going through IVF or family planning in that way, I want them to know that I'm thinking about them. And if that's you right now, I want you to know I'm thinking about you and I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I want you to know you're not alone. The third reason I want to talk about it, or the last one I've probably listed a lot, is you may know that our son, our second child, is here on this earth because of IVF, And I have stories all about that all over the place. That's not new, so you can get into the details there. But IVF, I know personally what IVF is like. I know what that journey is like. I know what the journey of infertility is like. And it absolutely breaks me thinking of families going through what they're going through right now. And again, I'm going to get into the details if you're not sure what I'm talking about, but I just want to give some context And all those ways why this is an important subject to me and why I just want to be here to facilitate a conversation and to educate because I did bring up a post on Instagram around this and I had someone reach out and just very honestly saying, um, why does this matter? Or why are you talking about this? Or maybe this is my feeling, but maybe I don't understand what's going on. And I thought, you know what? I think that's some of the problem right now in the world is these subjects come up and we get ourselves divided because we, we feel like we've made a stance in the past on this or this. And so we see a headline and we just automatically decide, well, that's going to be my stance without actually reading into what, what this actually is. Like, what is this conversation? What is actually happening? There's so much nuance It is not black or white. There are very few things in the world that are black and white, if anything. Very, very few things that are black and white. And somehow we've gotten ourselves to a place of, again, taking a stance and digging our heels into the sand and saying, that's going to be my stance. That's it. It doesn't matter what headline or what situation comes my way. It doesn't matter what... Um, what you bring to me, my stance is going to be this. And it shuts down conversation and it shuts down the human experience, which is not black or white. It shuts all of that down. And I just personally feel like that's not a place where we can live. That's not the way the world works. And that is not how we can move forward as a community to help each other. So that's where this conversation is coming from. All of those places, it's coming from an open heart and just my desire to give information about why this is an important topic. And my hope is that it just simply allows us to feel like we are a part of a community. We're not alone and that we can dive into these things with maybe a little more of an open mind and maybe a little more of an open heart and some ears to listen to the experiences of other people. Okay. So let's get in first into the details of what is happening. And again, I do not have any plans to make this a platform for current events. Okay. Um, I just felt like, Like this was one I wanted to cover and it really made sense for what we talk about here. So a couple days ago, the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that embryos, basically, I'm going to very much also umbrella this, okay? I'm not an expert in court rulings and procedures. I'm giving you a high level summary of what is happening. The Alabama Supreme Court ruled that embryos, have the same rights as human children, embryos, meaning in basically not even embryos that have been implanted. Okay. We're not talking about a woman who's six weeks pregnant. We are talking about embryos, frozen embryos or embryos in a lab that basically are there because of IVF. Okay. An egg and a sperm have come together to form an embryo in a lab. And this is around IVF. So it was ruled that those embryos, again, they haven't been implanted. Those embryos have the same rights as a human child. And I'll tell you where this came from. In an Alabama IVF facility, a wander, this was a little time back, a patient was wandering. I do not know how this happened, but a patient was wandering around and wandered into um, part of the IVF facility was able to take out a tray of embryos and these are from families and I'm going to get into the IVF procedure, but these are embryos that are specifically for families going through IVF. Okay. Embryos that they were desperately waiting for embryos that were wanted, a tray of embryos were taken out. um, and the person who had been wandering and pulled them out got burned because it's so cold. The freezer burn got burned dropped it and shattered. So all those embryos were lost. So the families, understandably, very upset, they brought a wrongful death suit against that person or the facility because they lost the embryos. And so that was the court case that was there. That's where this came from. And that's where the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that those embryos should be protected in the same way that a human child is protected. Okay. That is just the facts. I want to tell you from Um, Again, just a general perspective. Now what's happened? So what has happened in those two days since Alabama Supreme Court made that ruling? The two largest providers of IVF in the state of Alabama have shut down their IVF um, services. Okay. They are still doing egg retrievals from women, but they are not doing any embryo implants. They're not doing anything else. And, I, and now I want to tell you um, a little bit about the IVF procedure because you might even be saying, well, that's not a big deal. Let me tell you from someone who has been through IVF what a huge, huge, huge deal this is. One, IVF is absolutely, I mean, truly, and you guys know what I've been through. <laughs> I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot of surgeries. I've been through a lot of medical trauma. I've been through prolapse. I have now been through breast cancer and I've been through a mastectomy. Um, And I know more is coming and I've been through birth and all of that. I have to say IVF and just the entire infertility process, if it's not the top hardest thing I've been through, it's in the top three absolute hardest things that I've been through. There's no way to describe infertility to anyone. If you haven't been through it before the emotional trauma, the physical trauma. And for us, it was two years. Um, it's, it's just so much. That's what I can tell you is just to please, please have some compassion and empathy for anyone, you know, or any family, you know, going through infertility. It is absolutely so, so, so hard on so many levels Then let me just add that the choice to have IVF is another layer, at least for me, it was another layer of trauma. I never thought I'd have to do that. If you have, and just truly, I'm just saying a fact, if you have any kind of, um, kind of background in certain religions, like I did, that can add another layer. Okay. There's not always permission to go through IVF. That's really hard. So there was a lot to it going through IVF then. So that's where you have to go to, to get to the place that you say, yes, I want to try IVF. Like it's just so much courage and there's so much heart around it. Then you start and it is you are a human pincushion for a long time. And you are getting test upon test upon test. And the timing is one of the most important things with IVF. Okay, that's what I want you to understand if you don't understand IVF. Understand that the timing is huge. So you're getting, you start with all these ultrasounds and they're checking all of your blood work constantly and checking your levels and checking your eggs and checking your uterine lining. Then you start having all these injections constantly and the whole purpose is to get your body ready to release eggs, as many eggs as possible. Then you go through the egg retrieval process. Then you know, they take your partner's or a surrogate or a, do- a donor's sperm, they put the sperm and the egg together, and while they're doing that, they're getting your body ready in a very specific way for implanting that, ut- that embryo back into you so that you have the best chance of the embryo implanting and having a viable pregnancy. But the timing is key. I mean, I remember every test during that time just praying my levels were at the right place. And then you just pray, pray, pray so hard that you have a good amount of eggs. And then you pray, pray, pray so hard that you have some healthy embryos. I mean, so much. and then you have to pray, pray, pray so hard that the injections work to get your uterine lining to the right place. And if all that happens, which let me tell you, my first round, it didn't, it did not at all. Our first round was not successful. So then luckily the second round was, but you're just praying so hard and you're hoping so hard that all those things, the timing things come into play. Then after all of that, that's when you finally can have the embryo implanted into you and pray, pray, pray so hard for a pregnancy, for a healthy pregnancy. And all that worked and our son is here with us now, but it was, it was a really long, traumatic, hard process. Truly, yeah, top three, if not the top hardest thing that I've been through. Um, and emotionally, like physically, yes, but really the emotions involved with it. So all that to say, hopefully that helps you understand a little bit about um, in vitro fertilization and how important the timing is. So what I'm telling you and the implications of that right now with these facilities shutting down their IVF services, there are families who were preparing tomorrow to have their embryos implanted, like their hopes and dreams were going to be implanted tomorrow and their bodies were ready and their lining was ready and all the injections they've done for months and months were leading to tomorrow and now they're told that's on hold, you have to wait. I can't cannot explain to you the devastation of that. I just can't because truly it, I, I don't know. And they probably don't know. And the doctors don't know if there will be another perfect moment for them because it all depends. And every day you're older. I mean, again, I, I know I'm just um, saying this over and over, but the devastation for those families, I just, I can't explain to you. And my heart goes out. If you're one of those families listening, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to you so, so, so much. So that's, that's why that is important. Just have compassion, please, for these families who desperately want a child. They're desperately trying to grow their family and they're doing it in the only way possible. The only reason you do IVF is if it is your only choice. And I know there's some story out there around people like, and hopefully this was a long time ago, but that idea of designer babies and you get to choose. And you guys, maybe, maybe like 1%, but I've never met a person ever who chose IVF because of that. You're forced into IVF because you want a baby so desperately and it is your only chance. You're not going to personally choose. You know what? That sounds really fun. Like, I think I'm going to choose that. I think I'm going to choose to spend $50,000 and choose to inject myself into my stomach and into my butt every night for two months and pray for that heartbeat. Like, I think I'm going to have to choose that. <laughs> I promise most people aren't doing that. It is because it's the only option left to grow your family and and get to your dream of having a baby. So please, please know that. So um so why this is happening. Again, let's just go back to the facts of why this is happening. Why that ruling then caused these IVF facilities in Alabama to pause their services. It's because and please know I am not I'm not saying right or wrong. Okay. When it comes to protecting the rights of this embryo, I'm not that is not a, the conversation i'm having the conversation i'm having is telling you the implications of this so that you can understand and possibly help educate others on why why these things have implications that it's not black or white that by voting these by voting certain judges or certain people into power because of a certain stance that someone has that's not always the best choice. Understand, again, the implications of all of this and possible decisions we make and possible votes we make. Okay, that's all I want to say. Let's educate and understand a bigger picture than black or white. So by um, the Supreme Court saying that the embryos waiting to be implanted have the same rights as a human child, they have to pause services, IVF, because... There's so many questions now around what they do. And I'll tell you a little bit about IVF again so you understand. Many times, those embryos are going to be genetically tested. Now, I'll be honest, mine weren't the second round because the only chance we had of that baby surviving was to immediately implant it into my body because of our situation and our prior failures at IVF. But most of the time now... Those embryos are held for genetic testing just to make sure that the most viable are going to be implanted. So one implication and one question is by inserting this microneedle into the embryo, what if by chance that embryo um, is no longer viable after that procedure? It doesn't usually happen, but occasionally you're sticking a microneedle into it. Is that considered murder now? And, and I'm not being flippant at all. I'm saying that's that's a very true question and implication people now, these IVF facilities are asking. Is that considered murder? They don't know. That's one implication of it. If the embryo doesn't survive the implantation process, again, it's possible. We had two embryos that did not survive because many times that's what, ha- what happens. And that's what happens naturally in the body too, right? When you're trying to get pregnant naturally, many times, You're not going to cycle after cycle. You might even have an embryo that just naturally doesn't survive. That happens. But if that happens in IVF, is that considered murder? Because those embryos now have the same rights as a human child. So all of those questions are being asked. And because of that, because there's no clear answer now, suddenly the IVF facilities have had to shut down most or pause most of their services. Again, I believe they're still doing egg retrieval, but they're not doing anything when it comes to making embryos or processing anything around those embryos. Okay, Then there's other issues with IVF. Again, I just want you to be educated and know Um, many times there's people have extra embryos either because, and this is absolutely happens all the time, women who have cancer so women who, have, who are diagnosed with uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, any kind of reproductive cancer many times are going to harvest their eggs and or create embryos with their partner um, while they're going through treatment, hoping that they can use them later either with themselves or possibly with a surrogate. So what does that mean then to freeze those embryos? What does it mean if you don't need those embryos later on? What happens if you want to donate the embryos? What happens if you you need to eliminate the embryos? Just all of those typical questions that happen with IVF and those decisions that need to be made now are completely on hold because of the implications of that ruling. And then that bleeds into reproductive rights. Right, It bleeds into the rights of these families to choose to grow their family in a way that modern medicine allows them to do. I never wanted to go through IVF, and yet it was a gift to our family. Absolutely a gift that our son is here now because of IVF. We were told we had a 10% chance, 10% chance, and he is here. And I will, honestly, he is a gift from God. He is a miracle that was delivered through IVF. I have no doubt about that. We don't have to separate the two. I believe God used IVF to bring that child into our life. And every single night I tuck him in, I remember that every single night. And so to take away that option, from women is ju- from families is just absolutely devastating. And now this, just to know further implications because Alabama as a state has ruled that and decided, and yes, it will, it could be appealed to the s- Supreme court. Again, I'm not a court expert, but I believe it can be, and this is going to be ongoing for a while, but it then allows other states to say, Hmm, I wonder if we can look at this too. So it will have far reaching effects. This doesn't end, start and end in one state. This opens a Pandora's box of implications for families. And I just think it's really important for us to understand that. And again, to be educated Around what all this means so that you can have more compassion for your neighbors, for people in your community, for anyone going through this. And you can understand again, the imp- I know I keep saying implications, but that's really what it is of decisions we make around a lot of different topics that they are more nuanced than people in power sometimes want us to think it's not black or white. It's not this side or that side. It's just the side of humanity and, and giving hugs and an, and a listening ear to someone going through something that maybe you haven't before. And honestly, if you were still here listening, thank you. I, I am so glad you are. Maybe you're here listening and thinking, oh, I haven't looked at it from that perspective before. I haven't understood maybe, maybe what my vote might mean for people and other decisions and more far-reaching decisions before. I haven't looked at it that way. I haven't walked in those shoes, but now I can maybe walk beside someone else, someone else who is, and ultimately that's what I want for us. We're not always going to see eye to eye. We just aren't. (laughs) Um, and I think that can be okay if we simply try to understand where the other person is walking. Sometimes try to understand maybe the shoes that they're in. Sometimes let's take a breath. Let's give ourselves a moment. Um, and let's all understand that this is, this is life, right? We walk it together and gosh, there's just so much more possibility out there if we can do it. A little bit together, a little bit understanding. So again, thank you. I thank each of you for being here. Um, if you want to know more, I encourage you to find some really reputable, um, news sources that, that maybe you feel comfortable following that are sharing different stories or go out, you know, listen to some women who have gone through IVF, um, or some doctors, some IBF doctors that can be really helpful too. Or again, just sit just just sit with yourself and and your thoughts and understand we're all we're all doing this together. So thank you so so much for being here and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on Meet Your Body. If you have a moment, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast as it helps us tremendously. For more resources and workouts, you can visit my website, jessicavalantpilates.com, or find me on YouTube or Instagram at jessicavalantpilates.